that Jacob had prepared for him to eat. His touch was fine because he felt the hair that Jacob had placed on his arms like his brother Esau had. His hearing was fine because he heard Jacob's voice. But his eyes waxed dim. Only his sight was off. And you know, most people, you and I, most people, we can deceive others pretty well. It really doesn't take a lot to deceive people. You can deceive me. You can deceive the person next to you. You can deceive anybody. It really doesn't even take that much. All you have to do is just have one part. That person just has to have one part of their senses off base a bit, and you can deceive them. And they will bless you, just like Isaac blessed Jacob. Isaac said, well, you feel like Esau. You smell like Esau. Your food tastes like what Esau makes me. And I hear your voice, and your voice tells me you're Jacob, but I can't see you, and everything else checks out, so I'm going to bless you anyway. And that's how it can be with people. You can deceive yourself your way into the blessings of man, but you can't deceive yourself your way into the blessings of God. You can deceive yourself to get a blessing from a man, but you cannot deceive yourself into the blessings of God. You can deceive others, and you can even deceive yourself, but you can't deceive God. And Jacob, you might, might have been able to fool Isaac, but you're not going to be able to fool God. So in order for you to receive God's blessing, you're going to have to have a real encounter with him. And that encounter is going to change you. And in order for you to receive God's blessing, sometimes you're going to have to wrestle with him a bit. You're going to have to fight through the night to the breaking of the day. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You have to be willing to do the hard work where you wrestle with God at times. But we do this because we know that by faith, if we do this, if we're willing to go through the process, the blessing of God will come to us. And afterwards, we will not. We will not be the same person we were going in. Amen. And then what we say and what we do will line up. Because that is the profession of our faith. It's both. And we need them to be the same. It's what we say and what we do. The key to God's blessing in your life, here goes, is getting your profession of your mouth and the profession of your lifestyle on the same page. And God is the one that does this for you. It's not just about your will and your strength and your determination. We have to surrender to him. That's our part. Get ourselves out of the way and let God do what he wants to do in our lives. We have to have a heart and an attitude that says, Lord, I don't know. I, I, I just want to talk a good game, and I want my life to line up with that. I want to be your child, God. I want my life to profess both what I say and what I do to glorify you wholly and completely in every area of my life. I don't just want to, to know all the right words, but I want to live out those words. And even vice versa. I don't want to just go through the motions and do all the stuff and yet have poison spewing out of my mouth. What's the good in coming to church and clapping your hands and lifting up God and exalting Him and doing all that stuff? And if you're out of your mouth is flowing deadly toxins creating the environment that is perfect for the enemy to operate in. What good is that? It's not. There's no good in that. Let the actions of your life and the words of your mouth be consistent with each other. And I'm going to jump a little bit on 
kind of what faith is here. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Most of you probably know this scripture. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's right there. It tells you what faith is. Faith is substance and faith is evidence. Faith is substance and faith is evidence. Faith is not an intangible. Faith is not a vagueness of thought that you have within you, this invisible thought process that happens within you. No, faith is substance and faith is evidence. If you go into a court of law and they're trying you for your faith, there needs to be evidence that justifies the fact that you do have faith. There needs to be something that shows that you have faith. That's why if you jump down to verse 4 of Hebrews 11, we see this. It says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Abel said, I believe in God. I believe God will bless me. I believe God wants to bless me. That's the substance of his faith. Okay, Abel, you believe that? When God tells you to take the firstling of your flock, then you offer unto God a more excellent sacrifice. So Abel offers to God the firstling of his flock. This is Abel expressing to God, not only do I say that I believe, but I am also going to show you that I believe. I'm going to profess it, but then I'm going to act on that profession. Hebrews 11.5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch's this like very interesting person in the Bible. There's, there's very little about Enoch. We don't know much about him. We don't know much about him. We know he pleased God. We know that he didn't die. Like he didn't die a physical death. There's only, only two people, him and Elijah, in the Bible that didn't uh, die a physical death. And he's one of them. We don't, we don't really know much about, about him except for that he walked with God. Genesis tells us that he walked with God. Amen. And him walking with God was Enoch's expression of his faith. He believed in God, so he walked with God. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it's imp impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently, diligently seek him. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and he became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Noah has a belief. There's rain coming. If he does not build the ark, it doesn't matter if he believes the rain is coming, he doesn't have faith. Because if he has faith, he builds the ark. Noah's faith is that he believes the rain is coming. Building the ark is the evidence of that faith. I believe that there's rain coming. God told me so. I believe what God has told me, so I'm going to build the ark. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. I don't see the rain yet. That's never been an issue here before. But yet this guy is building an ark in the middle of the desert. And let me tell you that there are a lot of people out there that will come to you. And they will tell you that you don't have to do all that. It's okay to just believe. You don't, have to, you don't have to go beyond belief. You don't have to do anything beyond that. that. That you don't have to do anything to demonstrate your faith. They say, I believe. But that faith doesn't change their lifestyle in any real way. People will tell you that it's good to believe in God, but you don't have to really do all that other stuff. 
You don't have to go that far in changing your lifestyle and, and, and stuff. You just have to believe. And this is where most of modern Christianity, I don't even know if you want to call it that, is. Because, yeah. You just have to believe. You don't, you don't have to change the way you dress, the, change the way you entertain yourself or change all of your lifestyles, how you talk and how you act and what you watch and what you engage in. You don't have to do all that. You just have to believe that Jesus died for you and that he loves you. You just have to have faith and no more than that, really. But James, James explains it so well in James 2 and 14 when he says, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? He's asking him, can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart and be in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? I have faith you're going to be fed, but I don't do anything about that faith. Even so, faith. If it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. If all it took was for you to believe, the devils are all going to be saved too, and they're going to be up in heaven with us when we get there. They believe in God way more than you and I do. They know him personally. They believe in him so much that when they think about him, it causes them to tremble. They believe in God. The devils, the hell angels, they believe in God. And if all it takes is belief, then they're going to be saved too. But James says, no, but with the, wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. It takes more than just having a belief. You have to have action to that belief. We need to understand this because we, as the church, people that live by faith, we are also to have works. They're not empty works, but they are works that are a result of the faith that we have in Jesus. They are evidence of our belief. It is substance and it is evidence. It's what I say and what I do. Abel, you believe that God can bless you. Okay, then offer your firstling. Noah, you believe the rain's coming. Okay, then start building a boat in the middle of a desert. You say you have faith, then what you do is supposed to be evidence of that faith. The way I live my life is supposed to demonstrate that faith. Has everyone, anyone ever had weak faith? Anybody in here ever had weak faith? I have. I don't know. Maybe you haven't. I have. Like, like you know something is true or should be true in your life according to God's word. But you're just having a hard time really getting it into your heart. You know what God has said to you about a certain situation or area of your life. But because it's not happened, because you don't see it coming to pass, you are having a hard time truly believing it. Or your faith is wavering. Remember what I, what I said last week about the Roman centurion. That Roman centurion looked at Jesus. He said, you don't even got to come into my house, Lord. You just say the word, and it shall be done. And that was his faith level. You just speak the word, and it shall be done. And sometimes, if your faith is wavering, you just need to speak the word until you get it into your heart. Sometimes you need to speak the word until you believe it in your heart. Paul says in Romans, confess it and believe it. 
Sometimes you just, you just have to confess or speak some things, even when you don't believe it in your heart. Yet you still speak it. You just speak it. And you hold God to his word. And as you speak it, you will begin to believe it. And that word, that seed will get down into your heart. And it will begin to grow faith in you over the situation. It's a spiritual principle. Speak it. Confess it. And you'll believe it. But that's not the only way that this spiritual law works. If you're having a hard time believing, then apply the works. Apply the works. Apply the faith. Live your life in a way that says, I believe. That's what Abraham did. Abraham couldn't attain righteousness. None of us can. We can't earn it. But the Bible says that he believed in God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Hebrews 11.8 says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called out to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. God spoke to him. He believed it and he obeyed. He acted. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. His faith was in God. And because he had faith in God, when God told him to move, he went. In Genesis 15 and 6, when he, when he was actually, the story of him doing all this, when he had did it, God came to him and it says, that, and he believed in the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. He counted his action to his faith as righteousness. He went out from his father's house and he left his kindred because the Lord told him to go to a place that God wanted him to go to place he had never seen. He didn't map it on Google so that he would know exactly where he was going. He didn't have a brochure describing it to him and letting him know what to expect. And how many of you or I even would go to a place where nobody but the still small voice of God that you wonder if it's even your imagination talking to you says, go, go, leave everything that you know, all of your security, everything you know, and go. I want you to go to a place that I will tell you of when you get there, whose builder and maker is God. How many would go? Well, Abraham said, all right, Lord, I will go. I'll go. And he, he just didn't say it, but he did it. He said, I'll go. And he packed everything up and he took off. And God was looking at him and, and he was like, oh my, look at this guy. This guy right here, he has faith. What he says and what he does lines up. And so God said, was like, I'll bless you forever, Abraham. I'm going to bless you forever. I'll bless your kids, and I'm going to bless your kids' kids, and your kids' kids' kids, and your kids' kids' kids. In blessing, I'll bless you. And in multiplying, I'll multiply you. And I'll bless them that bless you, and I'll curse them that curse you. And I'll establish my covenant with you. And this faith I will count unto you for righteousness. Hear this, somebody. Hear this, somebody. Your faith counts for righteousness. You may not feel like you can be righteous, and you're right. Our righteousness before God is as filthy rags, but in God's eyes, faith counts. Your faith counts before God. Lord, Lord, I believe your word that says there's a city that has foundations that you are the builder and the maker of. And so I'm going to live my life like there's a city that you prepared for me. I'm going to leave from what you tell me to leave. And I'm going to separate myself from what you tell me to separate myself from. And, I, and I'm going to do what you ask me to do. Because I believe that there's a city that you have built. And my belief in that is going to dictate what I do in this life. It's going to direct my actions. 
And God says that you may not be able to obtain righteousness because of your filthy, sin-cursed flesh, but that counts. That faith right there and your action upon that faith counts as righteousness. God counted Abraham's evidence or his works, the actions that he took because of his faith, unto him for righteousness. So, Pastor, you say, I'm struggling with believing. That's okay. That's okay. Just live it. Just live it anyway. Yeah, you might be struggling. Just live it anyway because it counts, and it counts to God. But the devil's been talking in my ear, and, and I'm struggling, and I'm worrying about if I really believe. Live it anyway. Live it anyway. Live it anyway. Walk it. Talk it. Live it. Make decisions in your life based on the fact that there is a city that God has prepared for you, and there's a city waiting for you. That counts. That's faith, and God accepts it. Make decisions in your life based off of the word of God. You are confessing. Not because you know how, how it's all going to turn out or where, you're gonna, where it's going to lead you to or what it's going to look like. But because you know he, he is faithful because he is faithful. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just have to confess it until you believe it. And sometimes you just have to live it until you believe it. God knows who you are. He knows your struggles. He remembers that you're just dust. He understands why you may struggle with your belief at times, with what you've not seen with your own eyes. So that's why you need to put evidence out there that says, I'm struggling internally, God, but I'm going to hold fast the profession of my faith because he is faithful, that promise, and I'm going to live what I believe. You know, you know what it is that makes it hard for you to hold fast the profession of your faith? It's this natural, corruptible body that we all have to deal with. Every day, we need a renewing of our mind and spirit so that we don't become conformed to this world. And as our mind is renewed on the promises of God daily, when that seed is planted afresh in our hearts and spirit, and we keep our minds on that, our faith will be restored and renewed within us. Anybody remember when you had strong faith? You ever been there? You ever had strong faith? Man, you just knew that no matter what came your way, God has you, and God will not fail you. There was nothing that could sway your belief in that. But you remember just later, even after you were so persuaded that God, that with God nothing could separate you from him, but you found yourself all of a sudden struggling with your faith. And you find yourself dragging, trying to get to the house of God, trying to get into God's presence, grasping for air and for life. That's because of this natural, corruptible human body that we have to deal with. Every day, we have to put more seed in the soil. We have to speak the word. We have to confess the word. And we have to water it and expose it to the sunlight of his presence and dig the stones and the thorns out of the way. Do the works of faith. And God will cause faith to grow inside you. But not just faith. Not just faith, but also love <laughs> and joy and peace and long-suffering and goodness and gentleness. And faith will grow in you. And you'll begin to walk and you'll begin to talk like this. Lord, speak the word only. Lord, speak the word only. I'm not worthy that you should come under my, the roof of my house, but speak the word only, and you will be able to stand on that word. 
We have to understand all you need is a word. All you need is the word. It was the word only that brought light into this world. It was the word only that put the sun and the moon and the stars and the heavens. It was the word only that put the plants and the trees in their proper order. It was the word only that filled the waters with all the fish and the creatures in them. It was the word only that caused the fowls to fill the air. It was the word only. All we got is the word of God. Everything else in this world, everything else is going to fall and it's going to fade and it's going to fail. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Let your faith grow until you know that all you need is the word. All you need is the word. God will grow that kind of faith within each of every one of us. You can have that kind of faith. You can have that kind of faith. Take that seed, take the word and plant it down in your spirit. And let God grow his faith in you. It's his faith in you that grows from his spirit. You may only be able to speak it right now, but you just speak it until you believe it. You may only be able to act on that word right now, but you do that and you live your life according to that word and God will grow faith inside of you. Praise God. God will raise faith up in you to move mountains. God will put faith in you that says, God, no matter what the situation is, I just need a word and I know, God, I can stand on that word and I can live my life according to that word and you will make the way. Praise God. Praise God. music. Oh, God. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know. I don't know where your faith is. You're all just kind of looking at me, so hopefully this is getting down a seed into your heart. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I come against every lie of the enemy that would try to distract your mind, that would try to steal a word from you that would cause you to fail. I pray right now that your faith would grow. I pray right now that your faith would increase. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, God, don't let me be okay with the words I confess and the actions of my life not lining up. Let the profession of my faith be consistent. Let what I say and what I do agree with one another. Oh, God. I wonder if you could stand to your feet right now. I wonder if we could just praise the Lord for a minute. Come on. Has God ever given you a word? You might need to grab a hold of that word right now and refresh it in your spirit and say, God, I'm sorry that I let my faith waver, God, but I'm going to hold on to that word. Amen. Amen. God wants to grow some faith in you. God wants faith to grow in you. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to look at your neighbor. And I want you to say, I have faith. Come on, say it like you mean it. No, you ain't even meant it. <laughs> say it like you mean it. Look, you may have been doubting all week long, but I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke your doubt. I rebuke your unbelief. You have faith. God's given you faith through His Spirit dwelling in you. You may be looking at your situations in life and everything that you have going on, and the enemy may be speaking doubt and unbelief to you even right now. But I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It's lies. 
God, strengthen our faith. Oh, God. Some of you need to speak a word over your situation. Some of you need to speak a word over the struggle you've been facing. Some of you need to make some actions in your life and start doing what the word says in your life to overcome that doubt. Some of you need to decide to listen to God and take a step into your promise. Don't let your circumstances pull your faith down. Don't let what's going on in this natural world determine what's going on in the spiritual you hold fast the profession of your faith. How do we hold fast the profession of our faith? Speaking it and living it. Speaking it and living it. Professing it with my mouth and being professional about it. Let me tell you. The enemy would like to wear out the saints of God. He would like to wear us out and shut down everything that we're trying to do for his kingdom. He would like to stop us from touching one more life. He would like to stop us from helping heal one more marriage or one more family. He would like to stop us from leading one more person to an altar of repentance and into a watery grave in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins and then God filling it with the Holy Ghost. The enemy would like to stop us from doing anything else for God's glory and for his kingdom. Ah, but the enemy's not going to have his way. He wants to come against the faith of every saint of God in this place and every saint of God listening to this sermon right now. He wants to stop and tear down your faith. The enemy likes to come against the faith of the preacher. He wants to come against my faith as your pastor. He wants to come against the faith of these singers and these praise singers and these band members and musicians. The enemy wants to come against the faith of our our children's workers. He wants to come against the faith of our first steps teacher and the ushers and the greeters and everyone who helps clean and take care of this place and the leaders of the church. He wants to come against our faith. You know how many times he's attacked my faith and your faith? Every day. Every day he's attacking your faith. The enemy wants to come against all of our faith. You know how we overcome it? And we earnestly contend for our faith. We just keep speaking it and we just keep doing it. We keep speaking it and we keep doing it, not based off of what I see or what I feel or what I think, but because God has spoken a word, I'm going to stand on that word and I'm going to confess that word and then I'm going to let that word direct my actions and my decisions and how I live my life. It's in me. It's in me. Don't let your mind become conform to the things of this world and the enemy's lies, but let your mind be renewed daily by word and the Spirit of God. Keep speaking it and keep doing it. Faith, it's a fruit placed in me by the Spirit of God. It's growing and it's abounding in me. It's growing and it's fruitful in you. So so, so I'm going to proclaim, because of that, I'm going to proclaim Jesus to this world. Amen. And I'm going to confess what he's done in my faith in his life and in his death and his burial and his resurrection. And I'm going to live my life like he has saved me because he has saved me. And because he brought me out of the darkness and into his life and he made me a new creature in him. I'm going to live my life and make decisions based off of that in my life. I'm going to dedicate my life to it. That's the profession of our faith. It's not about all the stuff that's going on around us. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful.
faithful. He's ever spoken a word to you. You will be faithful to that word if you allow him to. If you don't let your faith be stole by the enemy. If you don't let your faith waver. You profess that faith. You speak it and you live it. Oh God, I want whatever you're going through right now. Whatever the enemy is coming against you in personally in your life, because he probably is. He don't, he don't want you to walk in God's liberty and power. He don't want you to walk in faith. He don't want faith to flow from you because that's a bad day for him. Amen. But he so he comes against us. Whatever he's coming against you with, however he's trying to attack your faith. I want you to lift up your hands to God right now. Come on, somebody. By faith, lift up your hands to God right now because the word of God has went into your soul like a seed today. And I want you to praise God for what he's doing in your life. Come on, by faith, why don't you begin to lift him up and begin to confess, hallelujah, what you believe to be true because God gave you a word. I want you to put some action to your faith. You need to thank God for the promise that he's given you. Hallelujah for the situation that you find yourself. Hey, not because of what man says. Not because of what you see. Not even what you think about it. Take God's word and let that word dictate your faith. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost, let the presence of God cover that seed in you right now. He that believeth on me, the Bible says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of water. Let that living water flow through you right now. Hallelujah. Let that water flow over the seed that's been planted in your spirit right now and nurture that seed in your life. I feel all kinds of resistance in here. Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh, Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. God wants to lift your face today, somebody. Uh, you may have been facing something for a long time. You may have every answer in the world telling you it's not going to work out. But if you can find a word, if you can find a word where God says, I'll take care of that. I'll work in that situation. I'll do what you need me to do. Then he will do it. Somebody needs to lift up your voice and tell God, Lord, I believe. God, I believe.